0: Hello and welcome to Research Roundup, brought to you by the Primary Care Collaborative Cancer Clinical Trials Group, PC4. I'm Sophie Shema and each month Christy Milley and I will be discussing current papers released in relation to cancer in primary care. So we're happy to welcome Kate Bruin from Cancer Council Victoria to this month's episode of Research Roundup. Welcome Kate. Thank you, lovely to be here. So you're the Manager of Screening, Early Detection and Immunisation at Cancer Council Victoria. Can you give us an overview of some of the work that you and your team have been doing?
1: Absolutely. So firstly, in terms of cancer screening, we do a lot of work, particularly around implementing activities and, and programs, particularly to reach those population groups that we know are less likely to participate in cancer screening. So, in particular, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander populations, people from diverse cultures uh, and other groups, such as people with disabilities and LGBTIQ. So, we particularly work with these communities. We co-design the messaging, the activities, and then implement and evaluate this work as well. So, really important work to address the health disparities that we do see, particularly around access to cancer screening and early detection and also our immunisation programs, particularly for HPV.
2: So for today's episode in particular, we're talking to you about your recent publication that was looking at the impact of a mass media campaign for bowel cancer screening. What is the take-home message? What is the one thing... In this interview today, you want to get across to our listeners.
1: Well, firstly, that bowel cancer and bowel screening are really important public health initiatives and we really need to do all that we can to encourage more people who are aged 50 to 74 to participate in bowel screening. And in Australia, our current participation, it sits at around 42%. And we do know through work that Cancer Council has done that if we can increase participation to just 60% over the next 20 years, we can save 84,000 lives from bowel cancer. So Kate, the same
2: campaign was run in both Western Australia and Queensland. Does the diverse population of Australia you know, make it difficult to reach everybody and was this considered when designing the
1: campaign? Absolutely. We know that, I guess with a TV campaign, you have 30 seconds or sometimes it's a 15 second ad that you might have. It's hard to reach all groups and to address all the barriers that we do know exist with bowel cancer screening. So, with this campaign that we ran firstly in in twenty fourteen, that was with some Australian government funding that Cancer Council had received, and uh, the ad was aired in the whole state of Queensland, Adelaide, and regional Victoria. So, with the evaluation, the evaluation was conducted in Queensland because that was a state that had complete exposure, and with the ad, those three states. That's where the paid television commercial was was aired but across the country there were national elements that were aired in all other states so these are things like print advertising, some radio and some infomercials that would have appeared on, on morning programs and so that's where WA had the reduced exposure through these elements. We do know with our campaigns that we can reach through our targeting we can reach different socioeconomic groups. It, it equally is able to reach all SES groups, which is a terrific outcome for a campaign. In terms of campaigns for culturally diverse in our Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander populations, you know, I guess we need to acknowledge that this campaign that we that we broadcast on mainstream TV is not going to reach these population groups and that we would need to work really hard to develop targeted advertising for these groups that are really important because we do know that they're less likely to participate in the National Bowel Cancer Screening Program. So, for example, we do have a campaign, a new campaign on air in Victoria at the moment and with this campaign we have developed materials and, 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 and assets, I guess creative assets in other languages for culturally diverse Groups, and we're also tailoring our our materials as well for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders, and again using different medium, different media channels as well that we that we know are better to reach these groups. So it's really important to consider them. We can't just expect that one mainstream campaign will reach all the target audiences that we need, and that importance of tailoring this is very important, and testing it and working with community. And alongside these campaigns, in Victoria, we also work really closely with community to deliver and and design I guess activities at the grassroots level so it's not just about having something on tv or on radio or in the in the newspaper but working with communities to develop activities that resonate best with them so one example I can provide is at the moment and it really coincided last year with again a campaign that we had on air for bowel cancer screening We worked with the Aboriginal community and they told us that what would really resonate with them is more comedy, more humour, I guess, in terms of our bowel cancer screening messaging. And so we worked with them and commissioned a comedian, Denise McGinnis, to develop a bowel screening comedy for the community. And she has travelled all over Victoria delivering this comedy at Aboriginal Health Services. It's really, really well received and we get terrific evaluation and feedback from community. It's around delivering messages that resonate with them and delivering those messages in a setting also where they gather, where they meet, where they're safe and familiar. So that's why this comedy, for example, has been really successful.
2: I think going back to the ad campaign in this publication and talking as you just have about that process of engaging with the relevant, I suppose, communities or stakeholders to develop something that will, you know, engage people, what really was the process that you went through for this ad campaign, to come up with the final
1: product, I suppose. Sure. So in terms of the ad campaign from 2014? or the yes. one, Yep, 2014. So that's the one that the publication it relates to. That was a little bit different because it was a smaller campaign where it, it did only air in three states. However, we did go through some extensive focus testing with groups of people who do not participate in the National Bowel Cancer Screening Program to see whether the concept firstly resonated with them, Whether the messaging was well targeted in terms of addressing their barriers or perhaps their reasons why they don't participate. And back in 2014, we did those focus testings both in metro and regional areas as well. With the ad that's currently on air, that had quite an extensive testing process. So we did some concept testing with quite a few groups. We then went away and refined that concept. We went back and did testing again. We felt we were on the right track that we had incorporated what we could in terms of motivating people to screen and at the very end we did some final online reactor testing just to make sure that we got it right and that there weren't any adverse consequences either so it's quite a thorough process that we take and of course at the very beginning we consider I guess pre-testing qualitative research either that we have conducted in the past to ensure that we're preparing that brief as tightly as we can to help the agencies develop the concepts as well So the trial looked at an eight-week television campaign
0: and it indicates some increased testing in the months that followed. When looking at the long-term implementation, what strategies would you put in place for that sustained increase of testing?
1: Well, firstly, we know from program data that's from the Australian government through the National Bowel Cancer Screening Programme that once someone participates for the first time in the program, they're more likely to continue to participate. So, for example, um, data shows us that for people who participate the first time, 77% go on to repeat the second time when the test is next sent to them. So that's a really high yeah. reparticipation participation rate and something that we're really proud of here in Australia. So this tells us really where we should be concentrating our, our efforts is getting people to do it the first time. Yeah. So without any advertising, without any, I, I guess, other involvement, 77% will go on and do it again. That also tells us that this kit must be easy to do, it must be simple to follow, it must be hygienic because 77% of people wouldn't do it again (laughs) if there was difficulties there. So in terms of that achieving sustained participation, really focusing very much on that first experience ensuring people understand how to do the test, that they can read the instructions and, and, and ideally have them in their language that addresses all different health literacy levels and that they understand the importance of screening, that it is a screening test, it's not perfect, it does rely on people repeating the test every two years and hopefully they have a very good first experience even if their test does return positive that they're easily able to see their GP Mm -hmm. Uh, they're able to make that appointment and then if needed that they're able to have that colonoscopy within the appropriate time frames so ensuring that the whole pathway is easy to access the whole pathway not just the initial screening test and we believe that's why we have such high re-participation rates and that's the reason why at Cancer Cancer we do really focus on addressing those barriers to why people don't screen so hopefully we can get them into the program.
0: Yeah, Um, moving on to the new national bowel screening campaign. Can you tell us a bit about this and how you plan to evaluate its success?
1: Sure. So this is really exciting. Only recently, early this year, the Australian government announced they have commissioned Cancer Council Australia and provided them with $10 million of funding to deliver a national um, mass media campaign it's around bowel cancer screening. It's terrific. It's It really is such a significant, it's the biggest investment that the government has, has uh, placed into bowel screening mass media campaigns. So we're really excited. And with this, in fact, what they have asked for is for three bursts of advertising across this calendar year across 2019 and in fact it launched just this week so we currently have the ad on air for the first burst of advertising. It very much centres on what we have learnt here in Victoria so in Victoria not only did we have this campaign that the paper relates to in 2014 but we repeated campaigns in Victoria in 2017 and 2018 so lots of experience that we can draw on to help Cancer Council deliver this national campaign. So like I said, it, it includes three births of advertising throughout the year. We are really reaching out to GPs in particular to help us engage with people and, and remind them about why this screening test and this program is such an important public health initiative. So there are GP engagement activities designed throughout the year as well.
2: So what would those GP engagement Activities What kind of things might they be?
1: So to begin with what we've done is purely tell GPS about the campaign that's really important yeah. so we're we're really hoping that people see the campaign on TV perhaps they might see a poster in a GP waiting room and when they walk into that consultation have a chat to their GP hopefully you know perhaps they might say, "Look, I've got one at home, I don't know how to do it and the GP has a sample kit that they're able to show their patient how to complete that bowel cancer screening test and also to give them template letters on how they can do reminders as well. What we do know from the research is that GP endorsement is really important with yeah, this program. Definitely, It really is critical and I think that's perhaps a key to how we can achieve that 60% screening rate that, that we all desire a simple GP endorsement. It sounds simple but it's really important, it really makes a difference. We often hear from people, when I ask them, why didn't you do the test? And they'll say, look, I go to my GP every year and they do every test and and surely they would have mentioned it if it was important because they did everything else. And GPs are busy and of course they they run the appropriate test for that, for that age of that person but it's really important that they also talk to them about the screening program and remind that patient that when that kit does arrive in the mail that it's really important to do. Other initiatives we've got throughout the year of working with GPs is we're currently developing a suite of tools that practices can choose or if they like from uh, to help them look at their own patient data and to help them identify who isn't participating in bowel cancer screening and then also with tools and resources on how they can reach out to those patients and encourage them to screen so other activities we've done at Cancer Council, for example, is working with GP practices around sending out SMS reminders. So we do hear a lot from practices that they are no longer sending out sort of paper-based reminders. It's not quite yep. as mm. popular as it once was. And so we've worked with practices on on how they could send out SMS reminders and encourage people. And we've had great success and the practices have really found that an effective way also to reach out to underscreened patients.
2: It's great to have so much primary care and GP
1: involvement yeah. it really is Absolutely. Well. and as a
2: primary care trials group that's great for us to
1: <laughs> here as well. And we're really lucky we have John Emery from the University of Melbourne guiding us as well with this GP engagement activities for this national program so we're really pleased that he's on board and helping to guide us and provide the input that's needed for GPs too. Great. Kate, you were just describing how you're going to be producing a series of tools and
2: resources for GPs. What's your plan to disseminate that to practices to make sure that they get to where they need
1: to be? So we'll be sending out information to both GPs and practices and also through primary um, PHNs as well. So through other channels, so through the RACGP e-news, for example. So we'll definitely be getting this information out in multiple ways so that hopefully they hear about it 10 times. That would be Great. (laughs) This will be happening closer to the second burst of advertising. So yep. the second burst of advertising, it hasn't been finalised as yet, but it most likely will occur around May or June. So closer to that time, we'll have this this resource kit available and be able to distribute that to GPs. Oh, that's great. Thank you very much for your time today, Kate.
2: This has been really interesting. And if anybody, I suppose, is interested in more of the results that your team has been working on, you've got two team members presenting at our scientific symposium at the C in April, on the 4th of April. That's right. We're really looking forward to it. Thank you. Great. Thank you. Thank you. So as we finish up, I'd just like to thank Sophie, my co-host, who is moving on to greener pastures in Canada. Uh, So we will be taking a brief hiatus and we'll be back soon for Season 2 of Research Roundup. Thanks for downloading Research Roundup, produced by PC4. You can access the articles and other information in our show notes. Do let us know what you think about this episode by emailing info at pc4tg.com.au or keep in touch via Twitter where you'll find us at PC4TG. Don't forget to visit PC4's website, pc4tg.com.au.